Hello and welcome to Gamespot After Dark, episode 97. I am your host, Tamar Hussain, sitting in a extremely hot loft conversion. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have swamp butt. Joining me is Michael Hyam. How are you doing? What's your temperature? What I do, baby? Uh, it's, it's, yo, here in San Francisco, it's been like a consistent 60 degrees. There's oh. been wind advisories and it's been windy as shit for the past three months. And it's not great here. I come here and it gets hot. While I'm over there in San Francisco, it's hot. I'm like, where's the British weather? I would love some of man, that. It's just man, Man's not hot. Man's not hot. Also joining us is always perpetually hot, Jean-Luc Seipke. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I've been working out. That's not true. I haven't been working out at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a lie. Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's hot, but I, I got AC in here, so I keep myself nice and... Mm-hmm. Nice and cool, nice and temperate. You got AC? I can't even hear it. Uh, oh, it's not on. I, 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 I turned it off during <laughs> recording because you would definitely hear it. It's literally right there. Yeah. Ah. And that final alluring voice was the voice of Jordan Ramey, who I imagine was hot, but has now cut his very luxurious afro and is probably less hot. How are you feeling, Jordan? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling. I can go outside and feel the breeze on my scalp again. It's (laughs) so cool and wonderful. (laughs) You see, you look like a different person. I'm like, oh, I miss miss Jordan when he was 90% afro. It's one of those weird things that I'm like, man, for the first 26 years of my life, this short buzz cut is what I rocked. And then for COVID, I grew my hair out over the pandemic. And I met a lot of people online during that past year. Um, and they don't remember you. And so like a lot of people are like, oh, dude, you cut your hair. There's such a different look for you. I'm like, what do you mean? This is this is my look. This is my normal look. You- They're like, who? <laughs> You know, you just tell them, tell them they're racist. That's all you got to do. Damn. Damn. You know that'd what I'm be, saying? That'd be, a, that'd be a messed up thing to <laughs> say to my girlfriend who met me. Whoa. She's like, I've never seen the side of you before. I'm like, no, this is what I normally look like. <laughs> oh, getting spicy here in the yeah. early mornings of Tuesday. Also Tuesday, getting yeah. spicy yeah. is the next two weeks because... We are in E3 season, baby, and we are going to have a discussion about it. I don't think I'm not 100% confident that it's going to be a structured discussion because under the topic section, there is E3 followed by it looks like 28 exclamation marks, Mm -hmm. which is uh, about as much thought as we've put into that part of it. But we'll figure it out. This is how we do. We keep it loose. We keep it breezy. But before we get there, we're going to do what we've been playing. And we're going to start with Jean-Luc, who has been playing a little video game called Ratchet and Dank. Tell us about uh, it. Yeah, I've been playing that Ratchet and Dank. It's solid. It's a solid, fun video game. Uh, I, I don't. It's a hard one to talk about in the sense that you play it and you're like, yep, this is exactly the Ratchet and Clank that Insomniac has been making for what like 20 years now like uh it, it it isn't reinventing the wheel it it and in some ways i i actually like that's what i love about it is that it, it feels like because i because i went back and i actually replayed the um original original ratchet and clank uh on the ps3 the hd edition and obviously there's like some things that are you know improved and better you know aiming and uh camera and of course the graphics which we'll talk about but it's like you play it now and you're like you know you play rift apart and you're like yeah this is 
this is still like a PS2 style platforming game. And uh, I think that's awesome. Like, it, it, you know, like that they're kind of keeping that spirit alive uh, because I don't know, like all those PS2 era uh, mascot characters are kind of gone. You know, there's no Jack and Daxter ain't around. Um, Sly Cooper. Ain't Sly around. Cooper ain't around. Crash yeah. was back for a hot minute. And then that team got asked to make Call of Duty for the rest of time. So, you know, that ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> like Ratchet's kind of the, the one that's, that's stuck around this whole time. And there's something comforting about it where you're like, yeah. You know, it's just like yeah, it's you know, it's it's Ratchet and Clank. It's not uh, it's not doing anything amazing. Uh, A single from... piece of your childhood endures exactly, and <laughs> uh, holds up. You know, for the most part, it's like it it doesn't need to necessarily reinvent itself. It can kind yeah. of just be what it is. Like I to kind of uh, real quick uh, summarize that kind of feeling. It seems like that's a sentiment that has hit with a lot of reviewers in a bunch of different ways. Like we we gave it a nine out of ten. That was mm-hmm. reviewed by a very on Steve Watts who said he said Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is flashy and technically impressive without feeling self important. It's just a silly, sweet and earnest as Ratchet and Clank series tends to be with the new generation of hardware makes this entry uh, look and play better than ever like the heroes and villains and their dimensional counterparts this one may appear different or carry itself with a new accent but there's an underlying truth to the person underneath at its core it's still your trusty old pals on another grand space adventure and that's what's important so that it review does. Is it's a banger. Flames, yo, Steve killed it. Like, ooh, this, this fools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, I, I think he that, nails it. Yeah, that kind of hits on the on the uh, on the way that Jean Luc was talking about it. And it is what it is, and it does what it does, and that's cool. There's kind of like another take which I really like. This was from Gene Park at the Washington Post, um, who basically said in a time when sneering ironic detachment remains in fashion insomniac games has created the rare modern masterpiece with no convoluted agenda no subtext just so many reasons to smile and laugh which is another way to take that same kind of it is what it is and it's ratchet as ratchet is ratchet hasn't changed but the world around it has changed in a lot of ways like we're all a little more cynical we're all a little more Mm. like you know, we're all a little more like dour about things and the stuff in games that used to uplift us in in that way. The mascot games have fallen away. But then you have this. Gene Park also says this is the best PlayStation exclusive since Bloodborne, which. Wow. Mm, that's, relax. Careful, that's, Gene. Careful, Gene. <laughs> Wait, so the best one since 2014 then? That is shock enough. And wow. technically, Gene says here that means that Bloodborne is still the best. Yeah. Okay. Still exclusive. Yeah. Which, you know, big up, Gene. Big up. Michael and Jordan, uh, starting with you, Michael. Interested in Ratchet and Clank? Uh, you want to play it? Um, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I've. I played a lot of the PS2 mascot era games as well, like like Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper. Ratchet Clank was my favorite because I thought it was like the most. I think it was the most fascinating because it has that element of sci-fi to it, uh, and I just really like Clank is so cute. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I do want to play this. Uh, I played the 2016 kind of reboot-ish game that came out on PS4. That was that was dope too. But uh, I am fascinated in Rivet because everyone, the whole internet, is blowing up about Rivet and how she's such a wonderful character. She's very good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I want to I want to get to know Rivet. 
Yeah, Rivet's great. Her, she actually, I would say the game is, and Steve talks about this review, it's primarily her game. Like, the, the mm-hmm. game is split between, so, like, each planet you'll kind of bounce back and forth, like, oh, this planet is going to be playing as Ratchet, and this planet you play as Rivet. But if I were to add up the, the total, like, playtime, I'm pretty sure you play more as Rivet. It felt that way. Mm-hmm. Where it feels like it's it's focused on Rivet. It's really Rivet's game that, like, ratchet and clank are kind of here to help set up but at some point it feels like she just sort of goes off on her own um and mm. and i think like jennifer hale absolutely knocks it out of the park as her like um, no surprise there yeah which is like exactly say. no surprise but um <laughs> this is yeah, yeah our her, lives her, our lives are just filled with jennifer <laughs> hale right now aren't they between mass effect and ratchet and clank it's a wonderful yeah. feeling yeah she, she does a great job too like um i mean she's got such range like I can go from like playing Mass Effect to playing this and like you can't immediately tell it's her because I think she just knows how to even in like a like you think about it and you're like, oh, I stand for hell. But it's like there's something about like the the subtlety in which she just like changes her tone and, and she feels very like warm and curious in this game in a way that um, you just like instantly like her and you root for her and you, you're like, ah, oh, like I want to yeah, I want to see what's up with Riven and like what's going on with her in a way we're like ratchet um I, ratchet's good too still but you know you've i've played i've played a lot of games with ratchet so uh rivet's definitely the standout and i would love for them to just go all out and do like a full uh, rivet game rivet game uh, mm. what's what's her uh her her robot counterpart uh she has, she has clank. One, right it's clank isn't it i say doesn't we see clank on her back like yeah oh, she okay. she Very finds clank play. is so. this game is this game uh, when's this game out uh the 11th the eleventh, right? yeah. So Friday. Okay, well, so, I'm allowed to talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's it's in the review. It's in the review. So it's kind of in the good. review. But they they ask you to knock it. But she does. There is a because because in the game, uh, everyone has like a dimensional counterpart, and there is a dimensional counterpart to Clank in the game. Okay, and and they, I think they wanted us to not go too in depth on it, and so I won't. But yes, she has her yeah. own dimensional counterpart. Uh, I could totally see them doing a whole uh, Spider-Man situation where they kind of gave Miles his own, like, 10-hour separate game that wasn't like, oh, it's not a full-blown sequel. It's like, oh, here's a 8- to 10-hour rivet sequel expansion thing. Yeah. Hmm. Jordan, you interested in this? Oh, hell yeah. Um, (laughs) I was one of those people who, as a kid, played a lot of Nintendo, and then when I was like, you know, I'd like to graduate for those t for teen and m for mature games i became an xbox boy instead of a playstation boy so crash uh, sly cooper ratchet i missed all of those games growing up like i did not play Mm. any of those ps2 era mascot games so i'm like oh at least one of them is still around and this one is reviewing very well i'll play this one and i'll finally see what all the hype has been about for the past two decades mm. <laughs> this motherfucker said blinks blinks all right big question now kill marry avoid oh god no let's let's do this properly fuck marry oh, avoid oh. ratchet okay. crash bandicoot spyro michael you're first fuck marry fuck marry kill Mary kill fuck yeah. marry kill um oh, shit 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 uh i'm gonna kill and crash um, oh, I, 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 I <laughs> I'm killing Crash. Uh, I'm gonna smash with Spyro because that fool's. I, I, I bet it's fire, and I'll, <laughs> wow. I'll marry Ratchet because Literal he seems fire. like a Ratchet seems like a um like a like a like a wholesome dude to probably take care of me. 
John Luke. I was going to say the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. John Luke. Fuck. Mary. Avoid. Sonic. Okay. Uh, Sly Raccoon. Okay. Blinks. Blinks. Um. Kill Blinks. Fuck Bastard. Sonic. Mary, Mary. Uh, you just Sly. created just... a whole new subreddit for the <laughs> Sonic yo, fan fiction. Like, yo. <laughs> that will probably only last like uh, he's probably like a one pump chump because he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. I'm, uh, I'm not gonna silence that ball. There were some thoughts in my head, and I was like, "No, nope, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there." Jordan, <laughs> fuck. Marry, kill. You get. I can't think of any more. Uh, <laughs> Stubbs shit, the zombie. The... You got tired uh, the Tasmanian tiger. <laughs> Stubbs Bub- the zombie. <laughs> and um, uh, and Bubsy. 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 I do not know who any of those people are. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta say them. You gotta assign them, uh, and then later on shit. see how you did. So you have to kill Bubsy. Sure, why not? Kill Bubsy. And who are the other two? I can't even remember their names that you said. Uh, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Okay. I said I Stubbs, but it, Stubbs, you know, replace yeah. that with replace that with Gex. Gex, Gex, Gex. Yes. Yeah, that's a better that's a better one. Yeah. I guess I'll marry Gex. And <laughs> that's a good. Uh, idea. He's 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 gonna cheat on you a thousand percent. It's fine. I'll uh, divorce him and get half of whatever he has. Ah, do you yeah. think he's rich? He doesn't have any games anymore. But do you think like... <laughs> <laughs> this is a good discussion. <laughs> maybe, discussion. Maybe, put, maybe put some of his savings in stocks and he's pretty well <laughs> off. <laughs> Jordan, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing uh, not any cool, exciting games. I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil Village. Finally got around and finished uh, that game. And it's been talked mm-hmm. about a lot, so I won't add too much to the conversation. I feel like I land where a lot of people do, where I enjoy the first half of that game a lot more than the second half of that game. Um, man. But it's it's been wonderful to play a 8-10 to 10 hour game again. I had mm. forgotten what that was like after playing like Mass Effect Legendary Edition and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Hollow Knight and a bunch of games that are like 40 plus hours long. It's been so, so wonderful to go back to a game that I can play and beat an entire weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to play near Michael. Don't worry. It's just that, that game. This motherfucker said he's going to play near. The, yeah. the game, the game is not eight to 10 hours. And so I'm playing it in slow chunks I'm playing it in slow chunks. I'll get back to it after I, finish Returnal, which I'm also playing uh, right now. Also, yeah, there's there's a lot more uh, coming out this week, too, that I know that we're both hyped about, too. So. It's, yeah. it's, man, it's one of those things where I always am so sad when PR for indie games are like, hey, do you want to check out this game? And my answer is a resounding yes, but at the same time, I'm like, Man, there are so many E3 and play for all and appointments and stuff that we have that there's no conceivable way <laughs> I can actually check out your game. God, I want to yeah. play Chicory so bad. Yeah. I want to play oh Backbone so bad. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, those those two, those two caught my eye because Chicory looks so cute. Oh it my does, gosh. and the music sounds so wonderful. Did you check out their uh, 
music stream. With yeah, yeah. shouts out to Lena Rain. That's the like, homegirl, oh. yo. <laughs> this is so good. I want to play this so bad. Why are you coming out right when my schedule gets so hectic that I'll probably play like 15 to 20 minutes of this game a day for the first week, week and a half that it's out, if even that. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil, Returnal. I uh, Have y'all uh, been watching those... Uh, Poketune animation things because the latest one that came out oh my god it's it's they're they're like these episodic uh pokemon adventure anime type things that are just better than the ash ketchum chronicles in every conceivable (laughs) way like (laughs) ash ash is continuing chronicles of failure is is what the other he's he's shit. won a league now he's has he won, won a league. league now he's won a league and in Holy his uh, current shit. adventure he has like a decent team like pikachu's still there probably like level 500 now but he's got like a dragonite <laughs> and a gengar and i'm like oh look at ash oh, like having Let's a go. decent team for once but yeah like the latest episode of poke tunes uh came out and it's just about this girl who wants to be a pokemon trainer and her parents won't let her and she wants to be a pokemon trainer because her dad like lost mm. in the semifinals to be a pokemon master and you like find out that oh the reason he lost and wasn't able to go against the champion is because the person he was facing was the girl that he eventually married and is the girl's Ooh. mom and it's it's this cute adorable wholesome thing that i love a lot and it's just about this girl learning what it means to be a pokemon trainer and it's a better pilot than anything that the regular pokemon wow. anime has managed to produce in like every conceivable <laughs> where can you watch these uh, it's on youtube um i would say the original uh episode doesn't have english uh subtitles yet it's just um on their pokemon japan's uh, account but there's been a youtuber i want to say is their name is hey hey or something like that they've been doing a really good job of translating mm. the mm. poketoon episodes um excellent so yeah you can do that or you can be like me and uh struggle through the original japanese version and be like i watch enough anime that i can understand anime japanese enough mm. to kind of have a <laughs> loose idea of what they're saying it's like I, I can't speak and understand like real japanese but i watch enough anime that i can understand anime version mm. of i recognize japanese. what that means because i've heard that many times in <laughs> exactly. other media pattern recognition uh, yeah yeah that's that's been my week playing older games and watching japanese anime of pokemon mm. Nice. Michael, hi him. Hit us. Oh, you you know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, it's Final Fantasy 14. What, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Uh, yo, okay, so Ben talked a bit, a bit about it last week. Uh, I finally got around to the main story quest of Final Fantasy 14, patch 5.55, and holy shit, that shit is fucking fire. You know what I'm saying? Because then, like... <laughs> All right, like each patch has been, uh, uh, each patch obviously builds up to the next thing, next thing. But this one was kind of, it sets up the beginnings of Endwalker, which Endwalker is coming out in November. But 
I, I always feel like they're the the team is able to do like cool shit within these patches because there's like no expectations really. Uh, but one of my favorite things that they do in Final Fantasy XIV is do solo instances where you take control of other characters. So you play through Final Fantasy XIV. There's like so many core main characters alongside you, and it's it's such a powerful thing when the like characters that you you've battled with and have been in the story since like many many years uh and you've watched them do dope shit in cutscenes and when they're like your companions in battle but when you get to take control of them and you get to use their move set you're like yo i am i it, it's it always comes as a shock to me because they do this sometimes in the in the expansions but it always it's always this dramatic moment where like some shit is going down you kind of don't know where it's going and all of a sudden like the camera does this like this panning thing and then goes into it goes into you controlling the character and it's like boom now you got to fight as this person like i just like lose my shit every time and so the end of uh 5.55 has like this one last big battle uh to set up the next expansion and you play as pretty much every character in the signs of the seventh dawn which is like the core cast and it's it's really fucking cool man they have like this um it's like this board with like these battle plans with like little uh, amiibo like figures of each character <laughs> in the game and then the camera is like that does like this little monologue thing like and then the battle took place on this end of the battlefield and they struggled <laughs> to do this when this primal was summoned there and it like zooms in on the like the amiibo thing and then boom you're controlling that character in the game and it's so fucking cool man i'm like yo let's fucking go Oh my god. Uh Final Fantasy 14 is never short on these kinds of moments. Uh man, goddamn. That shit I, is so cool. I need to I think I need to cut you off at this point because if you keep going, and I know you will keep going, you won't be able to talk about Mi- Miku Expo or or <laughs> what is this Vincenzo? Vincenzo? Yeah. Um so, uh definitely play Final Fantasy 14. It's got a free trial. I said uh, up to stop. level 6. <laughs> up to level 60 uh award-winning expansion heaven's word is also included uh vicenzo is a netflix uh so it's a netflix original uh, and it's a k-drama so it's a korean drama and i checked this so my girl checked it out and she was like yo we gotta watch this shit she watched the first episode and was like yo i'm not gonna keep watching this until you catch up on the first episode so and we've been watching it and it is fucking wild it's like one of the highest rated um shows in korea now it just came out this year uh, but it is, it's like a, you, I can't, I couldn't really tell what it was at first because it's, it starts off very serious and dark and then it's really silly. And then as you kind of watch more and more, you understand that it's a dark comedy, but also like a dark drama at the same time. And it toes this line really well, almost in like a Yakuza kind of sense to Ooh. where it, it knows when to be really silly and it knows when to be very serious, but it has an element of of dark comedy to it so you see some fucked up shit and the show will play it off as you know because that's what dark comedy is um it is it is fascinating and it has that element of the you know, it reminds me a lot of judgment too like the like the the story itself i i'm not i'm not gonna say that they drew from judgment but there's parallels like it reminds me of the sort of story that is told in judgment the yakuza spinoff it's uh, it's cool and it's got like yo, I don't know if y'all watch or if y'all keep up with K-pop at all, but old school K-pop fans will know uh, Takyon from Two PM. Mm. That dude is so fucking fine. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, dude, he. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. There's like a lot of uh, well-known Korean actors in the show too, so it's it's really fascinating. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's twenty episodes long, and each episode is a little over an hour. 
which is a lot. This is like the this is like the the persona length TV show because <laughs> that's like more than twenty hours to get through this. Oh thing. my god, that's so yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm I'm th- I'm all I we just finished episode five last night, uh, and we're like, yo, how many more directions can this show go? We're like only a quarter of the way through, and I feel like we've gone through an entire. Sto- we're almost done with like an entire story arc, so. Uh, it is wild. It's kind of an investment, but it's definitely worth a try, I think. And also, uh, the past what was on Sunday, I think. Um, Miku Expo happened, a virtual Miku Expo, uh, and it was such a lovely experience. And if y'all know what Miku Expo is, there's a live band that plays the most popular Miku songs, and you have a, a like a hologram uh, Miku singing on stage, and she's animated. She has all their dance moves. And so this one obviously is virtual. So they had like a, so it wasn't a hologram per se. It was just a, basically like a, like a VTuber style icon dancing on stage. Uh, and it was, it was so cool. Oh my gosh. Miku's so adorable. <laughs> Her dance moves are wonderful. And there's like, it's, it's a whole ass spectacle too. Cause there's lights and there's all kinds of, uh, graphics that for those watching like this it's like a kaleidoscope trip and in, in there and too and you, you hear all the it's 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 always i always love hearing uh vocaloid music played live because the live band obviously adds such a such a a, a, a real feeling element to these songs that are like produced by artists in their homes or mm. or whatever and to see them recreated or replayed live by a band is it's a really cool feeling, man. I got I got fucking hyped. So, Miku X, but you can probably peep a peep a replay online. But Vocaloid music is that shit's real, man. So uh, mm. definitely check out my review of Hatsumiku Project Diva Mega Mix off the Switch, and you can get my thoughts and feelings about Vocaloid as a whole in that review. Well, from one expo to another, E three baby. It is upon us, descending like the moon in Majora's Mask, or the blood moon hanging over Yarnum in the best video game of all time, Bloodborne. It approaches. My insight's not high enough. I need more insight. Jean-Luc made a noise that went, uh, and then he shifted in his chair and then put his both his hands on his head, which are the typical reaction to E3 approaching. E3 is one of those things which is... We we are all undoubtedly excited about it, but we also like, why? Why is this happening again? Um, it's an interesting year for E3. Um, all digital. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, you folks, but like, in my mind, I would have thought it would be easier to do an E3 from home where it's all digital. You would have but, thought. You would have thought. Somehow, I am not. <laughs> you thought. Um, but somehow I am now convinced that flying all the way to LACC, being amongst all those people and having the madness of an in-person E3 is actually the easier way to go. How are you lot feeling about a digital E3 in 2021, Mike, like, Michael? Being being in person helps you kind of narrow your focus. Yes. That's what I think it is. Because when you go uh, digital, there's all these moving parts that you can't really grasp. Like you can put it in a calendar, you can put it in a sauna, you can... Motherfuck- motherfuckers listening to this don't know what a sauna is. You put it in a project <laughs> management system. You can organize all you want, but it's so hectic. Like, I need to pull up this stream over here. I need to keep uh, my eyes on this stream. I have a flood of emails. Because when we go into E3, like, 
we there's so much pre-planning that goes into e3 so like once you land most of the things that uh most of the logistics are figured out uh so then it's now it's, now you just have a list okay i need to be here at this time i need to be at this room at this time i have space to do this this and that and it's all within the confines of e3 uh so it just it just feels like there's more moving parts than necessary when you go all digital i feel like so i, I so here's the thing is like Last year, when we started doing digital events on the regular, it was there was like a bunch every month. So it's just like months went by with just like nothing but did this digital event, this digital event. But I think like now that we've kind of crammed it into back into condensed it back into like an E three week or two weeks of E three, it's that same level of hecticness condensed. Uh, and it, I don't think it has made it any easier, but. I am glad that we kind of get to get it all over with in a, a more condensed period of time. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really hard to get a grasp of it. And I think that like uh, we're also trying to do our own thing too with play for all and our mm-hmm. our own efforts, which is really important as well. So I think that um, expectations for ourselves and trying to keep up with how the industry is moving now with this style of E3 has been it's challenging. Um, but I'm, I'm glad things are happening. Like <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, a lot of bullshit that happens. Like when you, when you have to work these events and plan for them. Um, yeah. but you know, you know, shit's popping. So I, I, that's my, that's the silver lining for me is like, you know, at least there's something happening. At least I'm needed and <laughs> there are genuinely interesting things to get involved with. So I don't know. That's how I feel. Jordan, as, as the, you of of uh one of the youths of uh GameSpot. <laughs> yeah. The youth. You've uh in East London we used to say youth coming up all the time. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's it's like mainly Jamaican I think that that, uh, that influence. Um but as one of the youths you've probably been to the fewest E3s so you've got less to kind of hold on probably. to and cling on to. What's kind of your your kind of take right now with E3? Because you know a little, you know of the old E3, but you're not as attached to it as some of us might be. So how are you feeling about E3? I'd say it's weird. It's going into this E3 feels like what it felt like, what how I covered E3 before joining GameSpot, where it was like, oh, we're going into the week of E3 and don't have like a very concrete idea of what's going on and what's going to be shown outside of like these huge conferences that everyone's hosting. So I'm going to be sitting at a computer and watching like the YouTube or Twitch live stream of the event and then doing coverage afterwards kind of based off of that it's it's so weird i i think for a grand majority of people like them looking at e3 they'll notice no difference like it's only for the people who actually work e3 and cover e3 which is probably an incredibly small percentage of the gaming community that they're like oh man e3 this year is just so incredibly different like for a vast majority of people they're just sitting at home watching the press conferences and then being like, oh, I wonder if there's any more information about this game. Let me go to GameSpot or Kotaku or IGN to see if they've written anything mm-hmm. or put up a video. Um, so it's going to be, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like when E3 is over, what the general consensus is. Like, I feel like a lot of 
people in our circles will be like, man, I'm not sure if I liked that. I kind of want to go back to the in-person event and whether most people are like, you know, I'm glad E3 was back. That was really cool. We got to see some conferences again and everything, and I enjoyed that. And for them, it'll be like, oh, this was an E3 like any other year, and we're happy it's just back mm. now. Jean-Luc, you are someone who, like, at E3, you're always ma manning the boards. You're doing a lot of, like, uh, editing and mm -hmm. streaming and that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, like, a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, Jean-Luc's Jean kind of asking this doesn't seem to have changed that much. He'd still be <laughs> working that, but it feels like it's become way more complicated. Is that the case? Is it? Does it still feel like you're doing the same old things, or does it feel like you're doing completely different things or is it you're doing the same old things with more restrictions these days uh it's like i'm doing the same old thing with more restrictions and then i'm being asked to do other stuff on top of that uh mm. so yeah i mean because it's like we're still fundamentally kind of doing you know the same live show uh you know we're gonna be kind of running the press conferences got pre and post shows we're gonna have you know our our um our big two days where we're gonna you know be like showing off a bunch of different you know uh, interviews and 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 have guests on so but it's just infinitely more complicated because it's all remote and the amount of wrangling you have to do there's a lot more pre-production this year than i would say in previous years um because you know when, when you when you do it at uh la it's like well everyone's here so you could just kind of like you know, grab these these developers and bring them onto the live show. Where in in this year, there's a lot more uh, like live to tape, where we're grabbing you know uh, developers in advance and and um, kind of like doing these interviews beforehand so that we're like prepped and ready to uh, share them uh, on those days. So yeah, it's like I, I'm with Jordan, where it's like fundamentally you're gonna look at it and it's gonna feel very much the same, but. Uh, a lot more a lot more just management and production on the back end uh this year yeah i i think i'm i'm in the same way my i think michael really hit it on the head with how it feels right now it's really difficult to focus on yeah. down on things because it's the it's kind of the issue of the work life balance in a work from home scenario amplified to the <laughs> highest like possible degree where mm -hmm. you can't switch anything off like you've got your life happening at the same time as e3 you can't focus on one task because you need to do the non-e3 tasks of a work day at the same time as an e3 task whereas when mm -hmm. e3 rolls around and you're going in person everything else falls away like yeah. very few people yeah. are worried it, I don't know if you people about are food. Think, There's going to yeah. be catering and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, there's ham duets like... on deck, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one's sending you a ham duet to your house. Uh, yeah, and even stuff like, oh, like the reviews cycle kind of takes a backseat a bit more. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, we had situations where reviews were still happening during E3, but like usually it was less uh, intensive. But right now the expectation is, you know, reviews, games are coming out, so reviews also need to happen at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, gameplay is going to come through at the same time as streams are happening so it's it's almost like and when we were at lacc we'd hire like production companies who would be around and extra hands would be around whereas now it's like we're not we're not really doing as much of that so it's tricky michael you're going to say something there yeah it's it's like when you work in this when you work in this industry whether media or developer or publisher it's kind of like the week of e3 your life kind of gets to or at least your professional life gets to be put on hold in a way in a weird way to where like 
all this other stuff I can well at least I can say can't speak for everyone but like a lot of a lot of elements of your everyday life are can be put on pause because I'm in LA doing this thing uh, but when you do it digitally when it's like this it's like there are a lot of elements of your work life that are still business as usual I think when when Tam mentioned that like you know reviews are still happening there's still other things happening that that people not involved in E3 just don't like they can't even they can't care about it and I understand that um yeah there's also that expectation of i still need to do the everyday things i would have done otherwise mm-hmm. i don't get to put those things aren't put on hold for e3 because it it doesn't have that that when it's all digital it just doesn't have the same kind of impact or presence uh, in the minds of people i suppose and yeah when you're when you're at home it's like well i still have to worry about my home life I'm not like just posted up at a hotel. Like I can trash a hotel. I can just like throw my pants on the floor and all sorts of stuff. I don't got to worry. No one's going to judge me <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. But it's at home. You're like, ah, oh, man, you know, bless is going to judge me. If I like, if I'm like shirtless in the, in the living room, eating, eating like a, a wrap or something like mm. a, like a soggy, sad ham duet style wrap. You I mean, take care of yourself. You got to order food. You got to take out the trash. You have to make I mean, sure that you're not a slovenly mess. Michael, yeah, Michael, I can do that in LA. Michael's <laughs> acting like he doesn't eat ham do as shirtless in the war room anyway, which he absolutely <laughs> used to. So. You don't want to be shirtless um, in the war room. It's cold as hell. Yeah, it's cold as <laughs> shit. Yo, that, that's another thing too. Like, yo, I'm like Loki because uh, a lot of y'all was sharing uh, pictures from past E3s mm. and it was kind of nostalgic seeing the war room again. Like, I kind of hate that place, but you know what? <laughs> I kind of miss it. You know, it, it's like that. It's like that villain that always comes back to get you. Yeah. Uh, and, and like an anime, it's like oh, this it's recurring like, villain who's yeah. like, it's like Team Rocket. The, you know, the War Room is like Team Rocket. No, I think of the War Room as Tuxedo Mask, which is yes. like, yeah, there you like, go. That's good. That's that's good too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I feel you. Like the the weird, it's it's very very strange. Like I'm the the weird thing about me. We're gonna get to the actual E three stuff, but we're just talking like almost. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, yeah. inside it stuff. But for me, the weird thing is like E3 is going to be happening on West Coast hours, and I'm in, I'm in oh, the shit. UK. Yeah. I don't even think and, about like, that. Yeah. So like, and like I have to explain to my family like, yeah, I'm I'm doing streams at this time. They're like, what the fuck? Well, your work life balance somehow got worse. How did this happen? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's just you know this that and it's it is wild. But like I'm excited about it. But I think that's why. I guess the having talked all of this nonsense about how we feel about it and the difficulties of it, the important thing to say is it's still exciting. What we would say the takeaway from this is when you're out there consuming E3 content, show some love to the people that are making it. Not us. I'm not asking specifically to us, whether it's IGN, whether it's, you know, um, any other kind of funny or it's just a random YouTuber who's like, you know, doing uh, recap videos for a couple hundred people. Just remember, it's it's difficult. It's it's hard to do that stuff. So show everyone some love. Show show them that you're tell them that you're watching this stuff and you're enjoying them. Be be cool about it. Um, and and yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. Just just remember that there are humans working incredibly hard on on creating that content. Um, so be appreciative or support them as much as you can. Having said that, Jordan, what will it take for you to just explode with hype at E3? If there was a if there was an announcement that's reasonable in chance of like happening, that would make you take your shirt off and pull out a burrito and eat it in front of your roommate. Where the hell am I grabbing this burrito <laughs> <Yeah>. from? <laughs> uh, what would it be? 
And you are banned say, from saying Hollow Knight Silk Song. Well, I can't even say it because they said beforehand that there's going to be no Team Cherry at E3 this year. But that would have been the thing. That they should have said. They the... should have said we know E3 is happening, but sadly there will not be a cherry on top. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> I'm so I'm still so miffed. That Come on, Team Cherry is not going to be there. But I think for me. It would be for someone like Ubisoft, who has now said all the games that we make are Ubisoft originals, to show us a game or project that was a non-original that like takes one of their franchises in a interesting way that maybe isn't like super big money for them anymore like in my my head says that a ubisoft non-original is basically any indie game that ubisoft is like oh this game looks dope let's attach our publishing name to it but in my heart my dream is ubisoft being like look we're not changing scope on assassin's creed we're going more and more witcher 3 rpg with every entry you can't stop us that said, if there's like a studio out there that wants to make like an eight to ten hour traditional Assassin's Creed, mm. we would pay for them to do that. Or if they want to do a visual novel Assassin's Creed or a first person shooter Assassin's Creed or Splinter Cell or Far Cry or any of their other franchises, just something buck wild in the kind of the same thing as like Cadence of Hyrule, where it was Ooh. like, here's Legend of Zelda in a rhythm dance dungeon crawler game. That's like this really weird thing where Nintendo's like, oh, here's our very beloved IP in a way that we're never going to make because it would not sell nearly as well as a traditional Zelda title. But you can do something creative with yeah. it. I would love to see at Ubisoft forward for Ubisoft to be like, here's Splinter Cell. Here's Assassin's Creed. Here's Far Cry. But in... A way that either goes back to the reason why people love those games so much or just in this really weird, bizarre way that it's like, oh, this is cool because Ubisoft is making enough money with their mainstream franchises in the direction they're going. They can now pay for other developers to take their IPs to try something brand new that looks cool. That's what I want. That's what I want to see at E3 2021. There was a shorter answer and you just did not. You, I think you've forgotten it. So I'm going to remember it. I'm going to I'm going to remind you about it. Ubisoft oh, has a Star Wars license. Holy shit, they do. Holy <laughs> shit, they do. I about that. <laughs> oh my god, who's making that? God, which studio is Ubisoft putting on a Star Wars? Isn't All it the them. Division team? I think yeah, it is the Division oh, team. Oh, is it massive? Yeah, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, massive, massive. What are the chances <sighs> that we get to see that, Jordan? And what do you want from a Star Wars game god, from Ubisoft? Oh my god, that's... You've blown my mind, Tam. <laughs> You've blown my mind with the reminder Because technically that counts as a non on non Ubisoft original, right? Since it's a right. licensed title. Mm -hmm. So it could be the other licensed stuff is the non-original games. But mm -hmm. Oh my god. I was like... <sighs> my fear is that because it's the Division team that it would be a Star Wars game in the same line as the Division, but I don't think that they're going to do that or at least i hope that they don't do that i think the division like 
embodies what they want out of that genre so well it's like please don't try to cannibalize yourself by creating two division like games don't create a division <laughs> i was trying firstly, to avoid the pun michael firstly, i respect it michael you went for the low-hanging fruit as a, as a connoisseur of eating low-hanging fruit i respect this uh, secondly i think jordan you've they are absolutely just gonna make division but in in star wars universe because that doesn't make they, sense it, it does make money. sense. It makes money. They they want to make <laughs> money, and uh, Lucasfilm, Disney are probably like, we want money out of this. You, if we're giving you this, we want money out of this. And so you are going to be buying blasters. You're going to be mm-hmm. buying different helmets. You're going to be playing for character boosts. Um, yeah. But underneath that could have a really cool, like you know. Uh, games as a service Star Wars title. I um, would be okay with that if the combat is not the same as the division two where it's this straight laced third person cover based shooter very tactical if you can like throw in some really fancy crazy star wars stuff like jetpacks or something like that maybe make it a little bit more fast paced i'm I'm down for something like that star wars would you want it to take place in era Always my go-to is Clone Wars, but I feel like that's been kind of done to death in the past few years between the Filoni-verse and... But not uh, in video games. I feel like video games uh, haven't that's fully... That's true. Like, but even games Commando, like Fallen Order you know, kind of want, touch on it. I want to see a, like a rebel fighter taking cover. It's on Hoth, snowy as shit. <laughs> Hoth is a snowy one, right? Um, yes. There's a lot of snowy ones, yeah, but yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is one of them. Hoth is one of them. Snowy as shit. He's shimming along the wall. There's a speeder there. The speeder's door is open. Just closes the door casually. Carries on sliding over. And there is the snowdrop engine re- remade with new door closing technology for st- <laughs> the new Star Wars game. Uh, Michael Hyam. You don't remember this, the door closing oh my trailer from... Division, from Division, where the entire games industry for like a whole month was like, yo, did you oh, see the way he closed yeah, yeah. the door? And, yeah, everyone, yeah. Okay. and I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Why are you so excited about this door closing animation? You're doing the kicks. Michael, what's the one uh, announcement that isn't Final Fantasy related that will make you pop off with your top off? Yo, if... um, Okay, so... I know... Listen, if uh, I know this, it won't happen because this is a a largely Western conference. But if uh, someone told me that a Persona Three remake was happening, I would I would probably um, I don't know destroy baby, everything baby, in my baby, house. Baby, baby. <laughs> Michael, we had an E three where Xbox came on stage, freaking xbox western like of the big three out of all of them be like hey by the way fantasy star online 2 is coming to the west <laughs> like i don't think your hope is like completely out oh, there crazy my God. like i've i've i think i've thought about this for too many years at this point of what a persona 3 remake would look like obviously it would, oh, it, would it would use like the persona 5 art style yeah. uh, but like retell that story that so many people haven't experienced yet Especially now, yo, this is it's the era of sad games now. Like mm. fuck that happy shit, yo. Like Ratchet and Clank, oh it's so like oh it's nice and bubbly, happy. Yeah, you could have that. I want sad shit. Yo, and Persona Three is some Persona Three is real sad. Do you yeah. want a more Demon Souls remake where like everything's been like 
remade so it's a brand new experience but it's still basically the same game or do you want more re2 re3 where it's like oh there's been fundamental changes here where yeah, this is like that. a they gotta different they, ha- game. they have oh. to because that well, they have to tartarus yeah. like you can't you can't do that shit in 2020 that game is structured in a really weird way that's not too exciting to play even if you like you revamp the combat system and the graphics yeah. and all this other shit like there's still some fundamental changes that need to be made in order for that to to fly but holy shit man i've I, i've had thought about this i put a lot of thought into this you know what i'm what saying so there was a short answer, and you didn't get it. Tam just oh, has this for all it? of us. Like, Let me <laughs> remind you. Oh, God. Uh, Katsura Hashino, producer and director of the Persona series since uh-huh. Persona 3, is working on a fantasy RPG. Project Refantasy, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yo, show us yeah. what the fuck is that about? <laughs> they announced that shit like three years ago and said, I right, peace out. See y'all later. There's <laughs> Catherine Fullbody, though. Uh, and <laughs> Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's studio, studio Zero. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Studio Zero, that, that's like the, the old the old Persona heads. I feel like uh, Tam must know something. That. He's given way too good of answers to the <laughs> yeah. two of us. Yeah. I'm frantically just... trying to think of one for Jean-Luc right now. <laughs> oh, that, that'd be dope to see whatever the fuck that is, but I feel like that's more of a TGS kind of joint. So, Well, he, he said, he did say he wants to give a development update and show gameplay as soon as possible five months ago. What's another few months? <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Luc. What would make you pop off with your top off at E3? Uh, I think we've got the title there. I know. Pop why off is this, with not, your why top is this off? not like an article gallery on GameSpot <laughs> right now where everyone like gives their one hope and dream? I'm going to talk to Matt after this. I mean, for me, it would have to be uh, news about the new Mass Effect. It's like, it's like, it's, it's not going to happen. It's hella too early. They just put out Legendary. They still got Dragon Age 4. Uh, I feel like they can't just over like jump over that and go right to mass effect but man if they showed the new mass effect like oh man like i was talking about it with like jake the other night and we're mm. like we're, we were like trying not to get too hyped about it because we're like you know we've been through this before we got hyped about andromeda <laughs> and you know it was, uh, it was it turned out uh, it was a game filthy words out your mouth <laughs> <laughs> it's a video game um it left me wanting and i was like all right That's i can't fine. do that again i can't i can't get too excited about mass effect <laughs> But what if the new Mass Effect's really awesome and they do all this and that? I'm like, oh shit! Like, cause there's oh, there's just like so much. I feel like they could improve. Like, like replaying it. Like, um, I, I like Andromeda. I thought did a lot to the combat in terms of you know, um, like the mobility and and like the weapons feel good. But like the squad mates in that game were like non-existent. Like, I don't think you could even like directly command them in that one like and i'm like there's so much potential with like the squad mates that i feel like they've never fully realized in those games like you know they basically all play the exact same but it's like but what if like my krogan what if like rex actually like behaved like a krogan and he would just like rush in like a tank and just like you know body slam a dude or something and like there i feel like there is uh so much they could do with that series still um that hasn't been tapped into and I and I my mind's just racing with the possibilities. Uh, and uh, also, I really, really, really want to know what the hell they're going to do with that story. Because uh, I mean, based on that trailer, if they're trying to follow up on the end of Mass Effect Three, that is a mm. ooh, that is a hell of a tall order. So that is uh, 
that would get me real that'd get me real real hyped that was that well i was gonna say dragon age for you but you mentioned dragon age i feel like we're in a position where dragon age is more likely to show up oh 100 yeah. then then so i feel like of everyone we are most likely to see jean-luc pop off with his top off at e3 2021 and i for one cannot wait for it <laughs> um for me oh, obviously man. elden ring but if i had to stop myself from elden ring i would probably go for god what about that uh dark uh or uh bloodborne on pc i would take that if it was bloodborne yeah, pc, PC I would, if it was yeah if pc gaming show Blop on a PC, pop off of top off is happening. I, I think we're getting I think we're getting Persona Five on PC at PC Gaming Show. Are you? You I, I think so. Well, there's uh, been a there's, bunch of rumors, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a, a Microsoft, uh, like it was rated for my, a Microsoft system in Korea. People are saying like it was rated for Xbox. I think it was just under it was Microsoft, Microsoft yeah. PC. So it could it would probably be PC. Uh, I don't think that they would do straight up Xbox, but who knows? Yeah, I can who buy knows? it and not play it for a third time. What? Damn. God <laughs> damn. Damn, I Jeez. think you missed uh, a potential good answer, though, which is uh, we still don't know what Blue Point's next big project is. That's a good it point. Could be Where is Metal Gear? Gear? It could be Metal Gear. Where is Metal Gear? Where is Metal Gear? I've already said they should do Metal Gear. Man, that would absolutely make me pop off with my top and bottom off. Holy Whoa. Whoa. That's what's up. Just straight Wait, so, up. So, 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 so what other than Elden Ring? Uh, it would be a Blue Point Metal Gear Solid remake. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah Jean Luc got me with my own shtick, my own <laughs> bit. Um, well played. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to listener questions. If you would like to send a question in, you can send it to afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com. Alternatively, you can join the Discord where there are various avenues to send us questions, including a special channel dedicated to sending After Dark questions in. If you'd like access to that, you can hit up myself or Lucy or I think Mm -hmm. Jean-Luc on Twitter and ask for an invite. Um, We will check whether you're a wrong-un or not. If you are wrong on, you will be denied entry because we want to preserve the sanctity of our very nice and wholesome community. But those are the ways that you can do it. First question comes from a GameSpot fan and it's going to be read by Michael Hyam. All right. So Michael Mayam asks, do you like CDs or tapes? <laughs> what a great name that lad has. I hope he has a mm-hmm. long, unfruitful life. Michael I hope you. I hope you checked if he was a wrong-in. Yep. I, I did not. But based on that name, I can almost certainly guarantee he is. Uh, I, like, I like tapes. Tape these nuts to your mouth. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Michael, I want to know. I want you to know that I read that, and I was like, "CDs or tapes?" I've seen these both before. I've seen both of these nuts in your mouth. And I'm gonna. I learned that joke in third grade, and I will never let go of it. And I'm going to willingly walk into this for the banter. Well played. Uh, The next question comes from Hendubs. Can we get a reading of this question, please, Jordan? Uh, yeah. Um. Back when conventions were a thing, I went to a talk from one of the designers behind Alien Isolation. During the presentation, they talked about how they tested the alien's AI by making it narrate where it thought the player was, and given where Creative Assembly were based, it had a rural English accent. 
Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. This made me love the game even more than I already did. Are there any behind-the-scenes tidbits that you've heard during your time with game developers that you think are really cool? Hmm. Gosh, uh, I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm drawing such yeah, a blank. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Go on, John Luke. John Luke's uh, got something. The one that always comes to mind for me is uh, a story from the original... Uh, uh, oh, man. Um, flight game. Uh, the name... Oh, this is already going on. Uh, the the one that Mark Hamill was in in four oh, Squadron Stars. No, Rogue Squadron. No, 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 not a Star Wars game. Uh, fuck. Oh, Microsoft. Oh, I know Flight what you're talking about. The perpetually in development money pit. Yeah, made by that guy, but he made before that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Made, I, I Oh man. Oh, 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 this is gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, um, that game, flight game. I'm desperately googling flight. Space. Like, I have no idea. Are you what talking, you're talking about, about Star Citizen? Yeah, but the guy who made Star Citizen, the game he made before that. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. The perpetual this, money pit. <laughs> the perpetual money pit that is Star Citizen. <laughs> uh, uh. Chris Roberts. Wing Commander. Wing Commander. There we go. Wing Commander. Finally. Jesus, I figured it out. Um, Tam figured it out. I, uh, I had to go into the depths of my mind. You've made me feel older than I already feel. I don't know so why that was so it. hard to remember Wing Commander. Um, but in the original Wing Commander, um, there was a bug where if you crash, uh, when you would quit out of the game, like it would only happen when you quit, the game would like crash uh, and it would pop up like a little error screen and they, they could never figure out how to make it not do that. But they're like, well, I mean, this is like shippable because it only happens when you quit. So it's not a big deal, but you know, like, what are we going to do? It pops up this error screen. So they just went into the code and they changed the errors message to just say, thank you for playing wing commander. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> so uh, some ingenuity. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. I can't. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like all the behind the scenes stuff that I know is things that I feel like it's public knowledge. Like someone you covered into, it. You turned yeah. into a story. Yeah. yeah. Like I either wrote about it or someone else wrote about it. And like it went around Twitter and people are like, oh, that's really cool. And so it's not like this really secret behind the scenes thing. Uh, yeah. Mm. I'm sure I know some, but my memory sucks so much that I. I. Also, I'm not sure which ones I'm allowed to say or not, so I'm just gonna be very careful. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for I think for me, anytime I talk about localization with uh, like folks at Sega or uh, or Atlas or Square Enix, I think it's always it's always fascinating to hear about how they how they go about it. Um, just like how much creative freedom they have, where they draw from. Um, obviously, like those are those are turned into stories and all that. But every time I hear them, I'm always I'm always fascinated about how how much of their voice is also a part of that game whenever they do localization because it has to be um whenever i talk to scott stricker about like the next yakuza game which i've talked to him multiple times it's always he always has something new to share something fascinating to share oh i think um one thing uh that so scott stricker and john reisenbach who's now over at eight four is um i think uh one interesting thing was that when they did the English lyrics for the all the karaoke songs in Yakuza Like a Dragon, John Reisenbach and Scott Strickert wrote those songs, wrote the English versions of those songs because Like a Dragon was the first core Yakuza game that was voiced in English so and also has karaoke. So 
they had to do English versions of all those karaoke songs. But obviously, you can't just like translate the lyrics because there's there's a song, there's a rhythm, there's a cadence that it has to follow. So they basically have to rewrite the songs, but have the same spirit. So knowing that them two were the only ones who worked on rewriting those songs and had all of the voice actors perform them, no matter whether or not they could or wanted to do it. I think that's that was a really fascinating thing because again, like I said, that's them using their own voice to portray such a like a big part of that game. Um, even though they are the localizers, uh, they're still very much um, what that the ethos of what that game ends up being. So, I think that's uh, what I'll go with. Just go watch audio logs, everyone. It's just filled <laughs> with a go. bunch yeah. of like behind mm. the God of War yeah, episode is real. probably my favorite, but they're all really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some like audio logs is full of behind the scenes stuff. Like there's the one for um, uh, Death Stranding about the crab. They had to bring a crab in to model the crab so they could have loads of crabs on the beach. But in the process, sadly, the crab perished and they held like a, a eulogy for the crab and buried it. Um, right. Rest in peace, crab from Death <laughs> Stranding, which now every time I see a crab, I'm like, you're all the same fucking crab. This is ridiculous. Lazy game developers. <laughs> um, wow. Damn. But yeah. Uh, Jean-Luc, you've got a fun little game for us prepared. I do. So this was sent in from uh, Kevin uh, from West Hartford, uh, who sent in a couple weeks ago, but uh, thought it'd be a good time to pull this out. So it's a little game. Uh, it says, hey, crew, I've smashed together the names and descriptions of a movie and a game. For example... A group of vampires struggle to cope with their modern job-hunting giants. Would be what we do in The Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay. Mm. So that's going to be the game. This is clearly stolen from IGN's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And and also, which was also stolen by Kind of Funny, but we're going to claim this as our own creation. Excellent. Well done. Cool. Our own game. Fantastic. So uh, join us in this very original game. Uh, created by the one and only Kevin from West Hartford. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see who can get the most right. Uh, first up. Uh, wait, wait, school... can you like go through? So it's basically a title that like combines a game and a and movie. A movie. Yeah. So we have so... to guess what the game and movie are. Exactly. So okay. he's going to kind of read a, a description and then we have to do the combination. Okay. Um, yeah. So first one up. Uh, the school has to meet behind the new headmaster's back to learn how to become a defense attorney. Uh, um, school. Has I think to it's... Behind the... So is it a movie and a game? Movie yeah. and a game. So it's okay. Ace oh. Attorney and... Oh, Ace... Ace... Uh, um, Ace Venter... Vin- I, know what it, Vin- I know what the two are. <laughs> I don't know how to form it into a title. Uh, I, Ace Attorney... It's clearly Ace Attorney. So the second one is attorney. Uh, first part Harry is... Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, right? <laughs> oh, I think that's, oh, what, oh, I think that's what it is. I think that's what, what it is. Are those games called Phoenix Wright, though? I thought they're called Ace Attorney. They're called yeah, they're... Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Oh, okay. Maybe. Weird. Wow. That's not Order what they, the that's not what they were. That's not what they Ace were titled attorney. from all the ROM sites I gave them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was probably the Japanese. Uh... <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, it was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Wow, that's that's a mouthful. <laughs> that's like all right. Number two, uh, huge monsters said. attack a wow. new sci-fi colony 
that already has plenty of problems on its own. Is that uh, Monster Hunter? Um, movie and game. Huge monsters, so it's kaiju-related. Pacific so, Rim? It's a sci-fi no, colony. No. Sci-fi colony. Is that Outer Wilds? Outer Worlds? Outer Worlds? Is it... Or is it a... Mm, I don't know. Fallout New Vegas. Ooh, Vegas is a good shout. I can't New tell Vegas. which part's the movie and which part's the game. Is it the monsters or is it the sci-fi? I, I don't think I can get this. I don't know if I can get in there. Go on. What is it? What is All it? Right. So, yeah, pass. It is uh, Pacific Rim World. Oh, I did oh get Pacific Rim. Nice. And, and I got Monster Hunter. So I technically got both of them. Why did you all doubt me? <laughs> Pacific Rim. Like, you think of monsters and you don't think of Pacific Rim. You think of robots you, or mechs. Of course, it's kaiju. That's monsters. No, but they're in, like, Pacific Rim is about being in robots fighting yeah, kaiju. Yeah, they have to get in the robots to fight the monsters. I, I can't believe y'all doubted saying, me. I can't I'm believe just you saying, made me like, doubt myself. I'm just I saying, right like, with both kaiju, of my first guesses. kaiju is, like, the second category of description for Pacific Rim. <laughs> Number one is, like, robots. Big robots. Um, get in the fucking robot, Tam. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Next one up. A musician must infiltrate a frozen island before he loses his hearing. Uh, this is definitely... Is this... No... I was thinking Metal Gear because of the opening of MGS1. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, Frozen Island. So what? Uh, Subnautica Deep Zero? That takes place on a frozen island, but it's mostly underwater. That feels like a too niche. So Frozen, I'm thinking like Tomb Tomb Raider. What's the, is it Rise? The second one? Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, Rise Rise is the cold, the one, the winter one. The cold one, yeah. (laughs) It's either that or Tropical Freeze, I guess. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Wait, can you say it again, Jean-Luc? A musician must infiltrate a frozen island before he loses his hearing. See, infiltrate makes me think Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shadow Moses is the right is the right call yeah. for something gear solid. Uh so musician though, what movies involve uh maybe it has to do with um I don't know, man. Solid. Uh yeah, I don't think I can get this. I'm terrible at this stuff. Alright, it go on, is go The Sound of Metal Gear Solid. The sa- So where does the sound... Like the, is that like the, the sound, sound of, of music? music? The Sound of Music, but with Metal Gear Solid? Mm, this game sucks, man. Out, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. Alright, uh, we got a few more. Uh, yeah, okay. A shrewd turn-of-the-century entrepreneur must find the source of a mysterious plague. Mysterious uh, plague, okay. Isn't the first one, what's that Christmas movie with the. I got it! Tam's got it? There will be Bloodborne. <laughs> That's gotta be it. <laughs> yep, there will be Bloodborne. Yep. Let's go! <laughs> wow, of course Tam gets that one. Bring it back. Let's go! Wow. wow. All right. In the near future, robot boxing is the norm and fought with an insanely expensive proprietary controller. Near is part of this, I bet. Robot boxing. Isn't that the Gerard Butler movie, Citizen Game? No, it's called Gamer. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Never no, mind. That's not it. it, no, it no. I think it's called. 
I think I know, I know Citizen Game. What, yeah. What's that? Uh, I was a big fan. It's the movie where like you think of the one with robots Hugh box each other. And yeah, that's like a huge Jackman Someone uh, maybe Rock'em Sock'em Robot style. Uh, let's see, Hugh Jackman robot movie. Wow, there's an autofill right there. <laughs> real, real Steel. Real Steel. Yeah, there steel. we go. So Real Steel. What's the other part of it? Uh, a group of iconic heroes must work as a team. Oh, no, sorry. That's uh, a different one. Apologies. Mm. Uh, in the near future, robot boxing is the norm and fought with an insanely expensive proprietary controller. Oh, uh, Real Steel Battalion. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> hey. Wow, hey. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that one. I like, I like that, that one. one. Uh, all right. Uh, next one. A group of iconic heroes must work as a team to defeat a rival group of champions. Feel like that just describes. There's a, there's a lot things. of games that are like a team of heroes. There's a lot of JRPGs that are a team of heroes. Wow. Iconic heroes. What Avengers. movie has iconic? Yeah, so it's Avengers. 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 What's the second part? The game part of it? Uh, to defeat a rival group of champions. Um. Uh, I was thinking of maybe Apex. As was of Legends. Yeah. I'm like, is there any multiplayer game where the characters are referred are to as champions? champions? Is is isn't it Apex? They're called Legends. Champions of Norad. Legends are okay. Champions. But like if you win, you're a champion. Quake Quake is the champions one. I don't think this is a, a reference to Quake Champions. Uh, what are the characters called in League of Legends? Do they have a uh, denomination? Gotta ask someone who actually plays that shit. Ooh. I don't uh, think I can get it. I don't think I can get this one either. All right. It is. Ah, Justice League of Legends. So Jordan was onto oh, something. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not bad. That's, All right. that's it's a little vague in description, but that's But a it's good a good it's match. a good yeah, it's a good good play. Alright, and the last one. The sole survivor of an apocalypse will save the princess using an ancient relic. Mario? In there, maybe. Legend of Zelda. Oh uh, the blow no, Zelda yes. I think makes more sense. Soul Survivor Wait. Apocalypse makes me think Apocalypse. like SMT. Yeah. Wait, that's the movie, right? I don't know. Soul I don't know which Survi- the... Soul Survivor of Apocalypse. Uh so I am Legend yeah, I of am, Zelda. I am Legend of Zelda. There it is. Ooh, that is good. Yep. Give me that, that one. That was it. At least I got one. All right. Well, there you go. That was all of them. Thank you, Kevin. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Thank you to Kevin from Hartford, is it? West Hartford, I believe. West Hartford for that great little game there. If you have your own game that you'd like us to play, send it over and we will think about it. We'll think long and hard about it. And then we might do it. (laughs) In the meantime, where can we find you and what are you up to, Michael Hyam? Ooh, you can find me and all of my bullshit on twitter.com slash Michael P. Hyam. And, um, P stands for yeah. Pino. Yay, now you got it. Uh, yeah, check out... Uh, yo, okay, no, okay, never mind. I'm not going to talk about Pino. It's too late. <laughs> uh, next time I'm on this podcast, what you've been playing or doing, I'm going to talk about, yo, some fire Pino I found. But anyway, <laughs> don't do that yet. Uh, actually, head over to gamespot.com and check out all our efforts uh, with uh, Play For All and our coverage of E3. And if you want to see me in particular, keep up with E3's official coverage because you're going to see your boy on there, yo. So uh, E3, I think, are 
the official ESA coverage starts on Saturday and goes on until Tuesday. And we're going to be covering each of the press conferences, doing our pre and post shows and analysis and all this other stuff. And I suspect I'm going to be a part of most of that. So, yeah, if you want to hear my dumb ass and see my see my see my oh, I'm going to be swagged out and everything. Oh, shit, yo. I got I got a I got a wardrobe budget. No, I don't. Um, but I'm going to look like I do. So check out the official E3 coverage and peep your boy doing his thing. And Michael has been working out. He's been running. He looks I know. he looks in shape. He looks healthy. I mean, he always looked good, but now he looks like he is just powerful. I've been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for it. <laughs> this is why we created the segment Pop Off with your top off. Because, because during, I'm about to. <laughs> what if one of those during one of those ESA streams Expect Michael to just rip his shirt off like Hulkamania is coming to E3 2021, (laughs) brother. I'm going to be... I'm going to fucking suplex Greg Miller through the stage. Watch. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) And then just whisper in his ear, that one's from GameSpot. Yeah. (laughs) Pull up, motherfucker. What's up? Uh... Jordan Ramey, what are you up to and where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at JM Ramey, and I am on a few play for all things that will probably be up in the next week. I'm honestly not entirely sure about the exact schedule for each individual video, but you'll see my face eventually. Other than that, it's going to be hardcore covering a lot of the live streams and announcements that are going to be happening over the next week so you'll just probably see my name on a lot of bylines for the next seven days hell yeah john luke what are you up to and where can people find you the maestro john luke (laughs) You can find me at uh, John Luke Seipke on Twitter. And uh, you're not going to really see me on anything during uh, E3. But uh, if if there's a video, if there's anything live, if you're watching uh, an interview, I've had my my hands involved in some some fashion. So, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to keep everything together, you know. I think if there's anyone out there who's proficient at creating Twitter bots, create one that is just thank you Jean Luc bot, which will just send Jean Luc a thank you every day um, during E3. Oh, that will be that will be that. pretty sick. Um, yeah. For me, uh, you'll find me on the internet at Tamor H on Twitter, and I'll be doing various things in front of and behind the camera at E3. Um, yeah, like I said, please keep it locked um, and make sure you are telling your favorite creators that you appreciate their work um, to give them that little boost of energy through the through the next couple of weeks, which is going to be very difficult and uh, busy. And I'm not saying specifically us. Hit up some IGN folk. Hit up some, I don't know, upper crit folk. Hit up some... Uh, kind fan of funny bite. folk, fanbite, ah, destructor. Fan that's, that's my gang. <laughs> Everyone, hit them up and tell them that you appreciate their work. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Peace. See ya.